I guess I should be preaching on when the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not, huh? <clears throat> but anyway, I don't think it's going to get that severe here, but uh, praise the Lord. But Mark chapter 12, I'm read verses 29 um, through 31. Of course, this is a question that a scribe has answered him, um, which is the first commandment. And it's, Jesus answered him, the first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now there's another commandment greater than these. You know, if you, the Bible tells us this in Old and New Testament, for example, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, in verses 4 through 7, again the Bible says there, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And then again in Deuteronomy 10, verse 12 through 14, And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee, but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, to serve the Lord thy God, with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes which I command thee this day for thy good. Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord's, thy God, the earth also with all that therein is. And again in chapter 11, Deuteronomy verse 1, Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments always. And of course, what we read in Mark chapter 12 is also spoken of or written in Matthew chapter 22, verses 35 through 40. So the question I ask tonight is, or the title of this message is, what does God want? What does God want? And again, throughout Scripture, God makes it very clear what he wants from us. You know, we, we know, in, like in, in the letter of the Thessalonians, he says, he told them several times that they be not ignorant. Peter reminds them, and I think it's Second Peter chapter three, that to be not ignorant. You know, the, the, some some are willingly ignorant of. Um, you, know, you have to be willingly ignorant to deny that there was a worldwide flood. You have to be willingly ignorant to deny that there's a creator. Uh, people are willingly ignorant of these things. Uh, but throughout Scripture, God makes it very clear what He wants from us. You know, we are His creation, and first and foremost, He wants our wholehearted, complete and devoted love. And again, notice here in Mark chapter 12, he uses the word all four times. Uh, all thine heart, um, all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. So, four times. Every bit completely, you might say. All means all. That's all means. Uh, so, again, the question is, what does God want? He wants all our love. Now, I've got four things here when, when I mention this. We think about all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, and all thy uh, strength. First of all, this is 
we might call it dictatorial love. All thine heart. The word dictatorial, according to Webster's, means inclined to dictate, command, absolute, or unlimited. You know, God wants our love for Him to dictate all other loves in our life. You know, we're to love Him first of all and supremely. Uh, any, any, our love for anyone else or anything else must be governed by our love for the Lord. It is to be governed by our love for the Lord. Uh, his love is, our love for Him is to be supreme uh, to all the loves. Um, and of course, God enables us to do that. You know, this is the first commandment, you know, Exodus 23. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Uh, Colossians 1.18, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and all things he might have the preeminence. So the Lord Jesus is to have the preeminence. He is to be, he's to have all of our heart. You know, I think a good picture of this would be Abraham offering Isaac. You know, what is it you, what is it? What is usually your first love in this world? Is it not your children? Uh, you know, he, he, this was the son he waited for for 25 years, and 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 yet he willingly he was willing to offer Isaac on the altar. So so this is dictatorial love. Uh, it, it, it it inclines to dictate or determine all our other loves. He says, we'll love him with all thy heart. Secondly, it's to be devoted love. Again, in verse uh, verse 30, it says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul. Uh, the word devoted here uh, in, in Strong's Concordance means zealous or ardent in attachment. Now, the word ardent means fierce or characterized by intense feelings. Again, remember the, the, the soul. He says, all thy soul. The soul is the seat of the emotions. And so when we're talking about uh, all thy soul, you know, we're talking about uh, being very zealous for or, or have fierce or intense feelings about these things, about this. Uh, loyalty, affection. You know, we would say, well, there's a person that's on fire for God. He's on fire for the Lord. You know, he's very zealous for the Lord. And our love for God must not, must not just be emotional love, but a deeply devoted love or dedicated uh, and devoted to the Lord. Look at Second Samuel. A couple of illustrations of this. Second Samuel chapter 16. Second Samuel 16. And uh, verse five, Second <clears throat> Samuel sixteen, verse five, it says, "And when King David came to Behurim, behold, there came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Jura. He came forth and cursed still as he came, and he cast stones at David, and all the servants of King David, and all the people, and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left." And thus said Shimei, when he cursed, Come out, come out, thou bloody man, and thou man of Belial. The Lord hath returned upon thee all the blood of the house of Saul, whose stead thou hast reigned. And the Lord hath delivered the kingdom into thy hand. 
of Absalom thy son, and behold, thou art taken in thy mischief, because thou art a bloody man. Notice verse 9. Then then said Abishai, the son of Zariah, unto the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord, the king? Let me go over, I pray thee, and take off his head. Here is a man that was very zealous or fiercely loyal to his king. And, uh, you know, when anybody would curse, would, you know, you know here, here's, a, here's a man that's cursing David, and he says, hey, king, just let me go over, and I'll take care of it. I'll put an end to this, you know. I'll take off his head. This was the same guy, remember, in Second Samuel chapter 21, that when Ish, Ish Benob, I guess that's his name, the, the brother or one of the children of Goliath thought he was going to kill David. And Abishai, the word Bible says the word succored, means he came to his aid or helped him and slew him. So Abishai was very zealous or very loyal or had, had fierce feelings about his king. Um, and if you read you know, when, when in the catalog of David's mighty men in the book of Samuel, it says they all they had one purpose in mind, and that was to make David king. Um, to make him king. We have also a New Testament illustration of this, Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. In Luke chapter 9, verse 52. Well, let's read verse 51 to kind of get the context here a little bit more. Luke 9, 51, And it came to pass, when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. He sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered to the village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they, that is the Samaritans, did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. Of course, you know there was this great animosity between the Samaritans and the Jews. They did, so they did not receive him. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, saw this they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, You know not what manner of spirit you are. The Son of Man has not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. And they went to another village. So they were highly offended that the Samaritans weren't going to receive the Lord Jesus and, and, and you know take care of him or whatever it was they, were, they needed there. And they were highly offended. They were saying, well, let's just, let's just call down fire and destroy these rascals. See, there's that fierce, intense feeling, devotion. Uh, but Daniel 1.8. Daniel was fiercely loyal to the law of his God, was he not? And he purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. So he was he had he, he loved the Lord with all his soul. So there's dictatorial love, all thine heart, devoted love, all thy soul. There's also we might call this deliberate love. Deliberate love, and that's all thy mind in uh, verse 30 again thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart with all thy soul and with all thy mind deliberate you God wants us to love him on purpose 
It's a choice. It's a choice. A deliberate and intelligent decision to love God supremely. Again, it's a choice we make. Um, you know, does not the Bible bear out the fact that our love, that love is manifested by obedience? John 14 tells us that. If you love me, keep my commandments. And, and obedience is serving the Lord, not idols, not ourselves. Uh, so it's a choice. It's a choice we have to make that we make daily, really. Uh, Psalm 18, verse 1 says, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. Again, that speaks of a choice. I will. I will. Psalm 119, verse 30. I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. So again, I have chosen to obey your, your, your truth. I have chosen the way of truth. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 173. Let thine hand help me, for I have chosen thy precepts. So again, the idea here is of a deliberate choice. A deliberate choice. It's a deliberate and intelligent decision to love God supremely. Uh, Joshua, turn over to Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24. <clears throat> In Joshua chapter 24, Joshua, as he's nearing the end of his life, puts before the people a choice. Joshua 24, verse 15. Again, let's go back up to 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, Joshua, here's the choice I'm making. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. And verse 16 says, And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. And of course, Joshua kind of chides with him because he said, Then you need to put away the idols which are among you. If you drop down to verse 22, uh, he says, And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourselves that ye have chosen the Lord, you the Lord, to serve him, and they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord your God. You know, just think about it. Notice what it says there. Now therefore put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord your God. That's to set your heart. To incline means you know, to, to set your affection toward. So your inclinations need to be that which honor, to, to honor the Lord. You know, naturally, um, in uh, first, uh, first John 3, verse 5, it says that, that uh, the last part of that verse says, speaking about Christ, and in him is no sin. What that means is there's no inclination or desire. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Is there an inclination in you and I to sin? Yeah, there is. There is. It's a natural inclination. We, we naturally, you know, we parents see this in our, in our children. You, you know, if, 
Well, I won't get into that. What I read in the newspaper just makes me mad. But anyway, uh, your parents are so stupid nowadays. But anyhow, uh, you know, we see as parents, if you if you got your eyes open, you'll see a natural inclination in, in your children to do that which is wrong, not that which is right. But when it speaks of Jesus, uh, that he had in him is no sin, he had no inclination to sin. It wasn't even attractive to him. In fact, it was disgusting. Him. Uh, and so he, when he says here, incline your heart unto the Lord your God. Set your heart to the things of the Lord. Set your heart in that direction. And again, I think what, as we think about this verse here, you know, Joshua's saying like it does in Ephesians 4, were you to put off and put on, put off, put on. It's a daily thing. We daily incline our hearts unto the Lord. It's a daily choice that we must make a deliberate choice again you know you and i have the the power we have a will and we have the power of choice and choices will determine uh where we go in life and what we do and those kind of things so 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 it needs to be this this love needs to be a deliberate deliberate love we need to choose to love the Lord thy God and to serve him. But number four, it needs not only be a dictatorial, that is that, that uh, um, everything is dictated by our, our love for the Lord. Uh, we're to be devoted, uh, we're to be fierce and loyal to the Lord our God. That's our first, first loyalty. Uh, it needs to be a deliberate love with all thy mind. Uh, our choice, deliberate choice, but also it needs to be dynamic love, and that is with all thy strength. Again, verse 30, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Dynamic love. All thy strength. In other words, this love needs to be lived out in my life practically everyday life all my gifts actions my abilities are are dedic ought to be dedicated to expressing my wholehearted love for the lord genuine love is a practical love it's always active um, go to First Corinthians chapter thirteen. First Corinthians chapter thirteen. <clears throat> yeah, this is this is what's wrong with quote Christianity in the world today. It's not practical. If you don't have practical Christianity, you don't have Bible Christianity. If it doesn't affect the way you live, you don't have Bible Christianity. First um, Corinthians thirteen, verse four: Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. 
Now, all these, all these words are action words. You know, it, it says that, that uh, charity suffereth long. What suffereth long? Well, suffer long means not to lose heart or to be, or to be slow to anger or slow to punish or slow to seek vengeance. The, again, the idea we, we might say long-suffering. Uh, is kind. Charity is kind. Does that affect everyday life? It sure does. Kind means to show oneself mild or gentle. One of the fruits of the Spirit is gentleness. Gentleness. Um, we're We're to be gentlemen. You know, the, the man of the world is anything but gentle. Uh, kind, considerate. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. You know, we, we, could, we could go to Philippians chapter 2 there where it, where it talks about there, look now every man on his own things, but everything, every man also in the things of others. And of course, then he gives the example of Christ. Where he says, you know, let this mind be new, which also is Christ Jesus. Um, so all again, all these things are action words. Action words. It ought to affect everyday life. Go to John chapter fourteen. John chapter fourteen. <clears throat> John fourteen. Notice verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Verse 21, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself unto him. Judas saith unto him, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. And then again in verse 31 he said, But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment. Here's, he said, I'm your example, you might say. Father gave me a commandment, so... I do. Arise and let us go hence. You see, so that the world may know that I love the Father and He's given me this commandment. You know what commandment He's talking about? Where's He headed right here? To the cross. God gave Him a God the Father gave Him a commandment. To bear the, our sins on the cross, that which he despised, that which he hated. And yet he said, so that the world may know that I love the Father, even so I do. See, if I genuinely love God with all my heart, and again, none of us are perfect, but I have no problem Keeping his commandments. 
You know, I can say I love God all I want, but if it's not if it, it's not demonstrated in my life, then we've got a problem. You know, I could say I love my wife. Okay. Let's see it. Are you kind, mild, gentle, considerate of her, appreciative? You know, a family member told a pastor, a family member of mine told a pastor one time that he, that he loved his wife. But I never saw it. I never even heard it. You know, the question is, does the world see our love for God? Go to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. <clears throat> I think we see an illustration of this here in Daniel chapter 3. In uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, also known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Daniel 3, verse... 12 says, There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. And Nebuchadnezzar's rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not you serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if you be ready at, that at that now, if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now, I'm going to read all this for sake of time, but in verse 28 it says this, and you know the story. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own. Now, we could say that their love for God was dictatorial. In other words, God determined or is the deciding factor on their and their love. Notice in verse 17 it says, If it be so, our God whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fire first. It's our God whom we serve. So God determined who they served or who they were going to worship. 
So it was dictatorial. Uh, they were devoted. Verse 18 says, Be it known, be it, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods. The worship the golden image was how it set up. We are fiercely loyal to our God, and we will not serve any other. And it was deliberate. It was a deliberate choice. Of course, we can say that from any of these verses. But in verse 12, this is where really the choice was made. There are certain Jews. You know, does, these are men that are reporting what they saw. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province. Remember, these are these are also been set into positions of authority with Daniel from chapter 2. So there are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. You see, they made a deliberate choice. We are not bowing. And they didn't. I mean, they already had the bow. You know, it was already done. The worship service was already done. And they already made the choice. And they stood out like sore thumbs. While everybody else is on their face, they're just standing there. It was a deliberate choice on their part. But it's also dynamic in the fact that verse 28, and this is, this is what I believe really got Nebuchadnezzar's attention, despite the fourth man walking in the midst. But he said, these men yielded their bodies. They yielded their bodies. See, it showed. It showed in their life. They were willing to give their lives with their love, with their allegiance to their Lord. You know, Revelation twelve eleven says this, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. You see, God wants us to love him supremely, wholeheartedly, practically. You know, it's, it's dictatorial, it's devoted, it's deliberate, it's dynamic, it's practical. So the question is not tonight, are you giving what God wants from you? You know, how is your love for the Lord? You know, Jesus said that the world may know, so I do. So that the world may know, so do you, so do I. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for your word. Thank you for how it challenges us in our walk with you. Lord, I pray tonight you'd help us to examine our hearts, our love to you. Lord, I pray that you just, just encourage us, help us to realize that we can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth us. And Lord, I pray that we would incline our hearts, as Joshua said to the children of Israel, to serve the Lord. So Lord, just help us to be faithful and to love you with all of our hearts with all of our soul, 
with all of our mind and all of our strength. Help us just be faithful until our Lord comes for us. We pray in Jesus' name.